Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friend, and welcome. Hope you are taking good care wherever you are, however you're feeling about work in this moment, which I know can change from day to day and moment to moment. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are nearing the winter solstice on December 21st. It's the nadir, the darkest, lowest point of the year. The sun is sharing less and less of its light, and the nights are growing longer, offering us more time to be in mystery, to be in the unknown, to be accessing other ways of knowing and finding our path. And even if you're not consciously tracking that or doing anything, if you don't observe the winter solstice or work with the seasons, that's okay. You know, your body knows what point in the cycle it's in. (laughs) Your body knows how long the days are and how long the nights are. Your body knows that it's cold and it has a you know, certain chemical reaction to that and an uh, orientation to that. And you can choose whether to incorporate more of that into your life or not. And there's so much pressure these days to constantly be, you know, optimizing or changing or developing or growing. And I just want you to know today that you don't have to do anything in order to work with the seasons or to be in greater alignment with nature. You are nature. The seasons are you. And you can just be in that without needing to do anything. So today's episode, I'm excited to share it with you because it's very Sagittarian, which is the sign that we're in right now, the zodiac sign. Um, It's a conversation with my friend Eva Liao. Eva is a spiritual mentor and meditation teacher who helps people experience their most spiritual selves during their time on earth. And Eva and I talk about her unconventional working life and how she got to this point as a spiritual mentor and meditation teacher, how she follows the little breadcrumbs that she gets from her intuition, even when they lead her to significant loss and change and upheaval, and the power and relief of not knowing what's going to happen whenever we make a decision or follow through on something. And I really hope that you love tuning in and that it gives you a little permission to follow the little clues that you get, or maybe the big clues, maybe (laughs) your intuition screaming very loudly. Um, All of us, I think, are learning how to track and follow through on those nudges more and more and really trust what the body is telling us. Um, And so I hope this episode fortifies you in that. Before we dive in, I want to read our opening invocation so you can just take a deep breath. Maybe you notice if you're holding any tension in your belly or in your low back today. And I will read you our blessing. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures that we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and am grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. 
Okay. Hi, Eva. I'm really just thrilled that you're here today <laughs> and that we can dive in uh, to what I think is a really um, interesting different sort of perspective that you have on work and your path. And uh, so thanks for being here. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to start by learning more about like the arc of your working journey as an adult. Um, can you just take us through like sort of the iterations? I think you're someone and what I know about you who's like really good at letting yourself transform and develop. And I know you haven't been in the same thing for like 20 years. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about like what that journey has been? Yeah. So I think um, that point about, you know, letting myself transform is important because I feel like I've had many different lives. Um, I think I spent so much of my life being really lost. Like, and I think that especially felt true because I had a group of like, you know, uh, girlfriends who I'm still really close with, who all knew exactly what they wanted to do. Doctors and lawyers and, and very much in like this Asian culture of like, and a lot of them are in fact, doctors and lawyers. So, and I was like the, the black sheep where I was like, kind of the, the party girl and the hippie girl, and also just much more fascinated in consciousness. Like, and that was always kind of there, this idea of like, this world is weird and I want to understand it and I want to understand people, um, but was very lost. And so spent most of my twenties just sort of, um, you know, doing like random ass jobs, um, not having a career track feeling. I always remember feeling like, oh, I need to get a real job. I need to get a real job. And my, and at the time I was managing this really busy coffee shop in Brooklyn, New York. And it was like, actually, I think back on that, some of my happiest times, I loved that job, but the, I almost regret how at the time I remember feeling, I kept, I kept saying to my boss, like, I need to get a real job. And he's like, this is a real job. <laughs> mm. But in my mind, I had this idea of a real job means that you're sitting at a desk and you're like nine to five and it's like very professional. And I did end up finding that path. I was really interested in ironically podcasts. So I was working for, um, uh, I was interested in storytelling and I, I was working for this company or this nonprofit called StoryCorps. They're like, an, some people know them from NPR. We do these storytelling things anyway. So that was great. Um, and I was like, look at me, I finally got a real job and I'm, I'm the real deal. Uh, and I hated it. Mm. <laughs> and I wasn't happy. And there's that feeling that just creeps up on you when you realize like something is not in alignment and you just, for me, it feels icky because I feel like I'm not living in integrity with myself. Um, so then there was another reinvention where I was like really soul searching and probably doing a lot of work that maybe you do with your clients was like, you kind of help people figure it out and like, what's your path. And I really went through this soul searching experience. Um, and realized that I wanted to be a coach because, and that came a lot from actually my childhood because my mother, uh, you know, grew up when I was, she was sick basically my entire life and, and also an addict and all these things were going on. So just going through that experience with her always made me really interested in healing. At the time though, being a coach was like not as much of a thing. Like now it's really prevalent, but when I was starting even it's so funny how quickly it changes because it was only like five years ago, mm. but 
I think it was that that was a cusp of when it was starting to get kind of popular. But I remember people being like, uh, like, you know, I was embarrassed to tell people that I wanted to be a life coach. Um, but I went for it anyway and fell in love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you, did you get like a certification or did mm-hmm. you just start practicing? Like, what was that transition like? So that transition was interesting because, um, I was at my nonprofit job. Oh, and what happened was I think the universe kind of gave me a push because our department lost funding. And so it closed. So then I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for me. So I looked up programs that I wanted to join. Um, and I was like, how can I make this work? And I was living in New York at the time. And I was like, I also feel like on this, on, in addition to this, I also have some personal work I need to do with my family to heal our broke at the time, pretty broken relationship that I had with my mom and she was living in Taiwan. And so I was like, I'm going to move back to Taiwan and help my dad take care of her. Cause he was like, yeah, he was in over his head and he needed help. And, and so I was like, this is like maybe the perfect constellation where I can go back and, you know, save money and live with my parents, um, and do this course. But also it was also a very spiritual thing where I was like, I've been avoiding so much of this stuff with my parents for so long. And I, I can't avoid it anymore. And I can't even tell you, Megan, that that was transformational. I was ready. And that's the thing. I wasn't ready before that. I, I, I think you're ready when you're ready. And I was ready. And now it just totally transformed, I think, my life because that was always a sore spot that I had, this tension that I had with my mother. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I kind of logistically made it happen. But funny is I, at the time I, I, because I lost my job at StoryCorps, I just was, I applied for a couple of the jobs just to see what would happen. And I ended up getting hired at this other big corporation and they were going to pay me like a shit ton of money and um, like a huge New York salary that was beyond anything that I thought that I could make. And I was like, I was at a crossroads where I was like, wait, am I going to go down this path and take this money and stay in New York? Or am I going to follow my heart and go do this kind of uncomfortable thing of needing to go live with my parents and heal our relationship? And I was like, I feel like this is a test. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to go to Taiwan. And I'm so happy I did because God, I mean, I love New York City, but I couldn't live that life anymore. I was yeah. um, partying a lot. It was working a lot, like a total workaholic. And um, so it was a lot of healing for me, that that experience. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. I don't think I knew that about you, about that (laughs) choice. Um, And what was being in Taiwan like? Like, how long were you there? Was it, were you like actively doing healing work? Did you call it that? Like, what? I I mean, I feel like from, I haven't been certified, but what I've heard about like coaching training programs is they can be like transformative just in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you're also like in this cauldron of something with your family. Like that's Mm -hmm. like a double whammy in this place. And so, yeah, what was that like? Like, were you, and like, when did you know that your time there like was complete? Yeah. Such good, such thoughtful questions. (laughs) Um, So that's, I think that's what I mean when I say it was really a big healing process for me is because yes, I was going through this initiation with my family and like healing stuff from like way back and probably like, you know, like ancestral stuff. Right. But, um, 
And also, yes, like I think a certification program oftentimes is you going through the own process of uncovering your own stuff. So it was like, I was there for three years and I would say it was like two and a half years of just intense discovery, which I look back on now so fondly, but if I'm being, I think I have a tendency to um, romanticize things because the truth is a lot of it was really fucking hard. It was like, Mm. some of it was really difficult just, you know, but, but I don't know, difficult isn't necessarily bad. You know what I mean? So, but I do, I do remember being in Taiwan, feeling like I was having a spiritual experience of like, again, being like death and rebirth and being like, I'm, I was really sort of retiring my old New York self self, which was like always on the go. Like my friends had this joke that like, I was just constantly, like they could never track me down because I was always on to one thing or the next and jumping around from event to event. And I just went back to Taiwan. And I remember I just like slept Mm. because of burnout. And I was like, and I spent so much time alone, which was really good for me because I'm actually an introvert. So I was sort of going against my nature in some ways in New York and getting really tired. Um, And I can even talk about that. There's a whole thing about chronic fatigue and how I like really burnt out my body because I wasn't listening. So yes, uh, Taiwan was incredibly transformative. And how did I know I was ready to leave? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I I wish I could give a better answer of like, like some logistical or logical thought. It was just more like a feeling. I was like, because I didn't feel like I saw a future in Taiwan. It wasn't where I wanted to like set down roots. So I was like, I I kind of want to go back to the States because that, because, you know, I was born in America and I was like, so that's still home for me. Um, oh, and also there's all this other stuff. I, at the time I was, re- I was connecting with my partner, Adam, who I, you know, recently split up with, but he lives in the States. And so that was part of the impetus for the move. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about this part of your story is that you were there for three years. This wasn't like a three month, like, you know, rest up and return. And I feel like many of us think that like we're just on high speed in terms of like our change like how long we think change should take Mm -hmm. but like the the really big deep stuff sometimes takes years and years you know and I feel like that's so rich and like it's so hard to savor it when you're in it because you're like oh my god like (laughs) one thing's to be different but I feel like that's so I just feel like the richness of that that you like really were in it for as long as it needed to take. Yeah. I mean, I will say those three years went by really fast and I, I enjoyed, I, I, I kind of savored it. So yeah, it was a long time. Now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't three months. It was like, no, no, no. I was like, literally a, like I have this image of a butterfly, like just really slowly molting, taking off my skin and in a cocoon. And yeah, it took, time the thing the transformation that I experienced could not have happened in a short amount of time yeah yeah okay so you're emerging from the cocoon you're ready (laughs) to like leave Taiwan yeah and what do you emerge as like what comes next 
Yes. So I actually would say like when I came back to the States, that's when my, well, is that true? I think when I was in Taiwan, it was a really good place for me to set the foundation for my business, try a bunch of stuff, make a bunch of mistakes, coach people for really cheap. So I could just like get the experience. I was also like teaching English on the side um, and living expenses were like things in Taiwan are much more affordable. So again, that's how I was able to make it happen. And then when I moved back to the States, I think that's when things kind of took off because I had just experience. Like, I don't care what anyone tells you out there, people, if you are interested in building your own business or coaching, it takes time. It takes a long time. And I, and I, these, these overnight success stories, which I got sucked into when I first started. And then I would have a story about like, what's wrong with me. It's not happening. Like this other person I see on Instagram where it's happening overnight. I think that really screws people up mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, it's much healthier to have the expectation that these things take time and I'm still like figuring it out. So I'm like five, I guess almost six years into it now, since we're almost at the end of 2022, which is nuts. But, um, so yeah, then I came back to America and I think what emerged was also diving deeper into my spiritual work, which is what I was doing in Taiwan. But I don't know, it all kind of just like melded together and was happening happening simultaneously. But um, I should mention that when I was in New York, that's when I started meditation, my meditation practice. Um, and that was also very transformative for me. And that was a huge part of my life um, in Taiwan as well. And then I came back and I think I just I don't know. I feel like there was a, I felt very embodied in my spiritual beliefs, my spiritual practices. And that was really helpful for every facet of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're about to go back to Taiwan. Yes. Not not the same amount of time, but do you feel, and I know you have other things in your life that are transforming. Do these experiences echo one another? Are they related? Are you about to enter into another cocoon or is this a different pause? Like what, how do these two scenarios (laughs) connect, I guess? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I, want to add, so I came back to America um, and then I moved to Arizona and then I moved to Portland and now I'm about to make another move. So what I want to share is that I (laughs) I, and and even before even before New York, I've lived in a bunch of other places because I think something that I've really had to own about myself is that I have a nomadic personality. I like experiencing things. I like getting in there and having the experience. And I um, have like a lot of Sagittarius in my chart, which I just recently found out, which is like just this you know, like I want to go out and experience things and have adventure and travel. And, um, I'm also like, you know, Aquarius moon. So I think it's just a part of me where I just am enlivened, I think by having these different experiences. Um, so yes, so I'm going to be moving again soon, but I'm currently going through a big shift because I've um, separated with my partner, my long-term partner and Taiwan, I think has always been this place of safety and wonder for me. I I do believe very much in connecting to a place and connecting to land. 
And every time I go back to Taiwan, I swear I can feel the island like talking to me. <laughs> I feel like she is just like, you are home and she'll give me guidance. And I, there's this, that I think that's, that's also why I like travel. Cause I think it's interesting to see when you go somewhere different, how you feel and there are no words for it. Cause it's beneath language. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a molecular <laughs> physical thing. And I go back there and I feel like it's medicine. Mm. So I'm going back there. You know, I think I, I, I try to go back every chance I get because my parents still struggle with their health. And so um, even when I came back to the States, I was my, my goal, honestly, is so that I, I can run my business so that I can go back and forth between Taiwan and America mm -hmm. uh, if I want to. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And so as I'm going through this transition, I just feel like it seems really nice that I can go back now mm -hmm. and spend the holidays with my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're headed to Texas after that. Is that right? Or yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's all still a little tentative. There's this, I've been offered this opportunity that um, there's like this long application process. So I think I'm almost done with it. Um, <laughs> and I, ho hopefully it's in the bag, but no, it's not for sure yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So here you are. And I love that you're headed back to Taiwan, like in Sagittarius season. Um, <laughs> and so here you are and like in this role as sort of as a spiritual mentor. And if those aren't the right words, please let me know. Um, guiding people and like very connected to your own spirituality, living this sort of nomadic, very like airy kind of ex expansive life. Mm -hmm. Do you see like threads that have been with you since a child that have either informed what you do now or that were like always inside of you that are kind of blossoming? You know, I, I know we can't always, none of us really can predict that like, I'm going to do this as an adult, but like, do you see um, little signs, I guess, like when you were young that this is something that was in within you? Yeah. Um, huh. so I have this, whenever people, uh, before people work with me, I have them sort of apply and fill out this, this, uh, questionnaire. Um, and one of the questions like, is like, what are your soul? What are your three soul lessons that you think that you're meant to learn in this lifetime? And I kind of feel like that's when I hear you ask this question, that's where my mind goes of like, I think everyone does have soul lessons that they're here to learn. Literally, it's like that movie Soul. Have you seen that Pixar movie Soul? Mm -mm. <gasps> oh Very my God, you, you have to watch it. Any okay. for you listeners out there, if you haven't seen the Pixar movie Soul, oh my God, it is. Ugh. And and you can watch it with your kids too, which I think okay. it might be a little bit, actually, it might be a little bit over their heads because I know they're still young, but it's, a, you know, it's animated, so they might enjoy it. And yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it speaks to me on a soul level, but, um, I, you know, I believe our souls come here and choose the experience that they want to have. So I, in terms of like how it's related to my work, I, I feel like what was there when I was young was this insatiable curiosity that came from God knows where, which is both a blessing and a curse, by the way, like everyone that I meet 
says, like, you are just so curious. I just want to understand. And it's again, that, that Aquarius Sag in me, that's, I'm a, I'm a seeker. Um, and I think I used to feel concerned about that because I thought that I was supposed to live again. I have my trap is like, oh, I'm supposed to live this like nine to five. Like I should be more do how society is doing things. I should, uh, I, my, um, insecurity was maybe I wasn't living a traditional enough life. Um, but I just, now I think I've more fully embraced it. Like not only is that not for me, but like, that's kind of a beautiful thing. So when say, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of was just always curious about, I, I wouldn't have called it this back, back, this back then, but it was more like, um, what is the nature of reality? Mm. Basically, like that's what I want to understand. It's wanting to connect with the mystery while being fully um, in full acceptance that I will never find the answer because there's no answer. It's unfind, it's unfind outable, but the process in itself, I think is like, I don't know. To me, I'm like, if we're not doing that on earth, then like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, I don't, <laughs> that's, I know that can be really, um, but I know that's just my perspective and not everyone feels that way. But to me, I'm like, this is where the juice is, man. Like, I want to understand this. Like, what is the nature of reality? And no one will ever know, but it is so fun to ask. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that was my first impression of you. It was just like genuinely curious um, and just so open to all of these. I mean, your podcast with Kylie is so much about like all of these sort of marginal, like maybe considered weird, but like very, I think, real and true spiritual ideas. Um, yeah. And yeah, I I love that there's like what seems like real it seems like a real outgrowth of who you are naturally, um, yeah. which is so beautiful. And I know not everyone feels like that's possible for them, but I think it is, even if our work isn't explicitly like about who we are, like we bring that to anything that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's, I do also see that like jobs, traditional jobs or like things that just aren't a fit for us, which can include like working for yourself. They do sort of, obstruct in some ways like the the gifts that are ready, like are natural to us or want to come out um mm -hmm. and so it's lovely when we can give them a large platform to change and grow and really be in the world so like in your role as someone who is asking these big, big questions but also guiding people through their own spiritual questions like how do you support people like what does that what are you, what's your service, I guess? What, like, mm -hmm. not business service, but like, how are you in service to people through your mm -hmm. work right now? Yeah. So, our, <laughs> that's like the, the wonderful thing about, I think, being a human is that suffering sucks. Um, but I also believe that our awakening happens through our suffering. So meaning when you ask it, what's the service that I, that I offer, it's like, we, if you are suffering, it means that on, there's something there for you that when we actually are present with the suffering and really hold space for it, 
that's your like opening to discovering whatever it is that you are meant to discover. So the noticing of a negative is actually the greatest positive. It is, it can be a really beautiful thing if we learn to be present with it rather than, you know, run away from it or try to fix it to death. Um, so I think in terms of like, uh, and then I mean, there's, I think there's a lot that I can say, but that is what a lot of people come to me for when they're, when they first begin, it's because they're experiencing some type of suffering that I think my clients usually understand that it's beyond just like the surface or material. It's like, there's a soul dissatisfaction (laughs) on some level. Actually, even as I say that, or it could also show up as like really mundane things, but like, they're like, this feels like spiritual. And, um, a lot of the, I think healing and deconstructing comes from so many things. It's subjective depending on where you are, but it can be, you know, questioning all of your thoughts. And I don't, mean that in terms of it's not just mindset work, right? I think there's a lot of like in the personal development world is like fix your mindset. I think this work can go really, really deep. And it's like literally questioning reality, (laughs) questioning everything that you think that is true and questioning that. And that can be such an eye-opening experience for some people, meaning that's where a lot of my spiritual practices is like going, living, going through my day with an, I don't know mind meaning I don't know, like I literally don't know. And that is so much more liberating than thinking that, you know, and if people want to like play around a little bit in their reality, like put on your, I don't know hat and just like go and interact with the world. And your mind's going to be like blown open. Like your perspective is going to be like, Oh, I, I know I say, I don't know anything, but like to actually go out there and put on the lenses of like an, I don't know mind, you will open yourself up to like so much. I don't know so much of everything. It's, it's because everything exists in that space. Mm. (laughs) Yes. I think I know what you mean. And maybe I'm just too literal, but can you give me an example of like how, could you give me an example? I guess just like how I could see how that would be helpful, but I'd want to hear more. Um, okay. So how would we actually put this on? So I'm trying to think, let me put this into context of something tangible. I mean, I hate to put you on the spot, but like, I'm actually wondering if there's something that maybe you feel stressed out about right now that is bringing you tension in your life, whether, even if it's big or small. Mm -hmm. The most stressful thing for me right now is wondering if we need to pull our kids out of school and homeschool Mm -hmm. because, um, Wyatt's school has been really inconsistent, lovely, but like not very stable. Um, Kylan's school is also wonderful, but he's been sick, really sick since he started. And Mm -hmm. we're really concerned about COVID and the rest of winter. He's still getting over RSV. And I just, and it's been like this for two years, just the total like up and down. It's hard to rely on anyone because everyone is just managing as best mm-hmm. they can and we're spending a lot of money on these things that just even though it's all like wonderful people just aren't as stable as we need and 
there's also I like it a lot I like about the idea of unschooling and it kind of fits with like my ethos about work but I'm also a highly sensitive person and like my kids you know drive my nervous system crazy so I'm I'm like in the I, I think about that a lot. That feels like an area of stress for me yeah. right now. So can I ask, like, what is it that you're concerned about? I'm concerned about... Like concerned about if you bring them to... If you homeschool them, then that'll be really stressful. But if you don't homeschool them, then it's going to continue to be really difficult. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would say for both of those situations, the truth of your reality is that you don't know. Yeah. You don't, you you don't, you don't know that if you bring them home to have them homeschooled, that it's going to be really difficult for your nervous system. Like your, our fear always tells us like goes to the worst case scenario, but reality is always much more kind than what our fear tells us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has been like, like this happens to me all the time where I'm like, oh my God, I thought it was going to be like this, but reality is actually sometimes quite loving and it's not as intense as what our fear tells us. Mm -hmm. And in reality, also, you don't know, see your, your brain wants to go, Oh no, but I know what's going to happen if I keep them in school because, you know, history has shown me X, Y, and Z. And so it's definitely going to be that way. I don't know if that's exactly what your mind is saying, but you know, just an example of a potential story. And it's also like, but is that true? Yeah. Can you actually know that that's true? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like that. The idea that reality is actually more loving and kind because that's completely, that's totally been my experience. Um, yeah. Especially if I can be open to like kind of forecasting some more loving kindness, like we had to take him to the ER the other night because he wasn't breathing well enough. And the whole way there, I just imagined like all of this like light just filling the walk up to the uh, the ER and like in the office and with the doctors and like I don't know if it helped or if it's just that reality was more kind than I was expecting but we had a really lovely experience all things considered you know and so yeah you're right I don't know if it would be harder to have them home and I don't know if it will continue to be unstable or if they will get sick um so then what do I do if I'm just right. like in the not knowing? Right, exactly. So so that's the point of like the I don't know mind though, isn't because <laughs> it isn't just to walk around being like, okay, but now I'm just in limbo. It's that, well, how does it feel when you come into your body and you're experiencing like, I don't know. And that's just the truth of my reality. My hope is that it gives you a chance to make a choice, a choice from a sovereign place. Like you can feel, usually what happens is when we, get to a place of, I don't know, is that there's actually a softness that happens and like, uh, a re like a sense of relaxation or relief. And then from that place, I would ask that you make a decision about what you really want that's coming from a place of love essentially, and not fear. Mm -hmm. Because when we feel like we know, then we're like, well, all these outcomes might be bad, blah, blah, blah. So you're, you're, you're no matter what you, you're making a, a choice from a place of limitation and scarcity and fear. And then that just perpetuates <laughs> And then mm -hmm. that choice was made out of, of out of scarcity. So maybe your experience will feel like scarcity, mm. but freedom is essentially anytime we can make a choice where it's not where we are. Um, I mean, that is true. Like freedom is choice. So instead of like compulsive, you know what I mean? Compulsive behavior or limiting behavior, 
So then whatever direction you go, whether you decide to homeschool them or keep them in their current schooling situation, it was a sovereign empowered choice that you made from your own empowerment. And there's something really, um, I think there's a lot of strength in that because I think it allows you to move forward in a way where you're not a victim in the situation, mm-hmm. but um, kind of in charge of your own life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes it much more simple and not all of this like total waffling and like mind fuckery that's been happening. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Thank you. That's helpful. Yeah. And I'm really happy you mentioned that like, Mm, it's not it's like less mind fuckery because that is true like I think so much of a spiritual practice is also how do we make a decision not from the mind actually which sounds counterintuitive because in the western world we're taught that the mind is um all you know the all-encompassing it's our greatest strength or whatever but you know as many of us know the mind is actually very limited and it's usually fear-based like intellectual thought is there usually because we are like trying to fix a problem. There's always a problem to solve, but the body is so much more intelligent. And so, so much of also what I like want to encourage people to do is to allow themselves to make decisions from their body, like dropping the mind, coming into the body, and then really trusting that. Cause a lot of people already know what their body says, but then logic comes back on its on the coattails and says, no, 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 that's not it. That's not possible. That doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have this internal wisdom that's guiding us, but we're constantly like smushing it down, which is why I think we get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Using an I don't know mindset, what do you feel like is your sort of edge in the coming months where like you're being stretched? Um, and what's that like right now? Yeah. Oh, so many, so many, so many edges um, because I'm in a time of transition. Um, so I will say like, I was kind of like mysterious about this opportunity in Austin, but I am happy to talk about it. And part of it is, I think I might've mentioned to you, right. That I was really interested in um, intentional communities, which is, you know, if you're not familiar, the, the more like the more modern word for living on a commune, I suppose. And (laughs) um, yes, and I have a friend out there who wants to start an intentional community. And so she's might want me to go out there and help her. Um, And gosh, I mean, that's, what are my edges? My edges are, am I crazy? (laughs) Like, like, is this, I'm 38 years old, you know, I'm in a place where I think a lot of people are, uh, have long already decided to, a lot of my peers have either gotten married or had kids and I'm going in this way other direction of being like, um, I really believe in community. Like Megan, my body is like, you need to be connected to the earth and there needs to be community. Mm-hmm. because I think so much of my fear is that like, if I follow my, my path of wanting to live in connection to the earth, that it means I'll be isolated somehow because, and again, this is all just fear. And again, I can apply that. I don't know mine. Like 
is that true? Like, I don't know that that's true. And once I open myself up to the fact that that's not true, I can create a whole different reality for myself. Like, what if it could actually work out, mm-hmm. you know? But um, so uh, I'm kind of winding around here, but I know that I want to be connected to the earth. And I think community, I would like community community to be a big part of that. But the edge is like, there's always going to be like a little bit of, uh, self-consciousness there of like, and I, and I think that's okay. Like if sometimes when you follow your heart, um, it's okay that the logical mind is going to come in and say, does this make sense? Are you, are you being, I don't know what, I don't know exactly what the language is. It's the idea of like, am I not being like, uh, traditional enough? Am I being too out of the box or whatever? Um, so I think that's an edge. The edge, honestly, is really just the unknown. Because prior to my separation from my partner, I had settled down in like domestic, a very domestic life of like living together. And um, the plan was always that we were going to kind of keep going in that direction that like maybe we weren't going to get married, but like maybe we would have kids and that was just it. I didn't really question it. And now my whole world has opened up in a way that was, I think, very intentional because I think that I want, I wanted this. And so, but it's all unknown. Literally, Mm -hmm. I have, I have no idea of what's going to work, what's not going to work. If it's going to be really uncomfortable, which I'm sure it is. And I think it's like, I just keep reminding myself that all of this belongs. Mm. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful perspective. I feel like, I mean, I think all people inside of this culture like need to be living less conventionally. And I bump up against that myself as a mom with a partner and we live in our little nuclear family in this little house and it's totally like not natural, you know, Mm -hmm. the way we live. Um, and like people like you who are out there, like listening to your intentions and like living in different ways are so important because you like inform and help all of us like stretch toward that. You show us that like something else is possible that we can make different choices. Um, you know, that we won't die if we leave a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really, I'm just so appreciative that you are so open in sharing your experience and what's that what that's like because I don't know it just makes me feel like I'm strong enough to listen to what my body is telling me and yeah maybe my body is saying to pull the kids out and and I also dream of like being on land in community and I have no idea what that could look like for us but like you're right I that's a real hunger and I don't have to I don't have to know what it's how it's going to manifest. I can just be in that hunger. And like you said, it all belongs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I will say to add for anyone listening, I think it is about just like following the breadcrumbs, meaning first you have that intuitive nudge. And so listeners we've had the pleasure of having Megan on our podcast tell universe and we had this really rich conversation about like sometimes you have to leave something good for something that feels more true and we don't always know what that is but like you get a nudge and you're like I know I'm supposed to be like with homeschooling like you already have the nudge 
And I think that's something to listen to. Not necessarily that you will definitely homeschool them, but there's some something there. there there's a maternal instinct also that's very intelligent. <laughs> that's like, might be telling you something. And that's a breadcrumb. And we don't know how it's going to happen necessarily. And I think that's okay. But I think we like throw out the intention that like, this is this is the life that I want. And then you another breadcrumb will come in and you just kind of keep just cross that bridge when you get there instead of like I don't know I have literally no idea what my next year is going to look like I'm just following the breadcrumbs and going to Taiwan coming back taking a road trip maybe going to Austin from there I have no idea what's going to happen yeah and I prefer that over like that because it feels like true to me rather than living a half-life that doesn't feel true to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how beautiful that you like have a work life and business that can support that rather than feeling like you have to contort and do I have enough, you know, whatever PTO or whatever to like do these things that I know I need to do. And I don't want to like shit on traditional jobs because there's mm-hmm. a lot of benefits that come <laughs> with like a regular paycheck and totally. there's a lot to love about that. But I think it's really beautiful. And what I aspire to help people do too, is that like work should fit into the life capital L that you want, not like you trying to fit into this work that's mm-hmm. so demanding. And I, I just think it's really amazing that you're building something that can support you financially and also like is a conduit for your service in the world and that gives you the spaciousness to like follow these breadcrumbs when you need to yeah um yes yes you just said it but I feel like I'd need to emphasize this because I feel like this is maybe still new for some people but it's not new for me which is that like when I set out to start my own business I was very like I knew I was like my job is going to support my life not the other way around. My life is not supporting my job. Like that was just like a very clear, no fucking duh to me. And I understand, you know, and I'm also very self-conscious because like, I think that definitely comes from a place of privilege. I was also able to go home and live with my parents. You know what I mean? But also if you have the privilege, I think it's okay to be like, I want my I don't want to live in this capitalistic loop. I want my job to support my life. And I think that's something that we should you know, that's the, that's my dream as we, as we, um, I don't know, I can undo capitalism that everyone can have access to that. Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah. So you, can you talk a little bit about flow and this program that you're working on and how people can connect with you? Yes. Um, so flow is my program all about healing our relationship with productivity, which has actually also been one of my life lessons. I already mentioned, you know, being a workaholic in New York and really having to decondition myself um, from, and I see, this is like, I think a spiritual work for a lot of people, anyone who has felt like um, anyone who's always, maybe you've, you are an overachiever and that, and that, and that's been wonderful, but you're actually, you've gotten there and you're like, I'm not really that happy. There's something something doesn't feel right. Or if you're someone who constantly feels like you're in your to-do list thinking, or you get your self-worth from how much you get done in a day, which is also super common. This program is about, um, when I say healing your relationship with productivity, it's like a lot of it is nervous system stuff. Like looking at your, the fact that we are so in the loop of productivity is because we're hypervigilant. We're told that if we don't work, then we're not safe and we're not worthy and we're not good. And 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this program is really near and dear to my heart. Um, it's not out yet. There's a wait list that you can join for early bird specials. But if you are interested in, I think, not just deconditioning the way that you work, but also learning how to live more in a place of flow while also still having all of your needs met, like this is, I think, spirit, a spiritual experience, then I think this program could be for you. I mean, that sounds ideal for <laughs> all of us. Yeah, I think a lot of us need it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And I can imagine it will be helpful um, supporting people in just like tuning into what the body needs and wants. And then we have the choice of whether we want to listen to that or not, yes. but getting that nervous system online mm-hmm. um, and out of some of those shutting down or hypervigilant states is just yeah. always helpful no matter what. Yeah. I just love anytime I can help someone like people, you know, there's so many people who are just like so freaked out about, like I have to get things done. And I love being able to like blow open their reality and see <laughs> like that is not true. Mm-hmm. That to me is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anything else like how I'll put that link in the show notes. I'll put your Instagram handle. Um, you and Kylie have an amazing podcast. Hello universe. that I will also link to, um, anything else you want to share with listeners today? Um, just those things. I will a quick add. Yeah. If you're interested in conversations kind of like this, Kylie and I, uh, Hello Universe is all about, again, really pulling apart the nature of reality. And we have some really long, fun and deep dive conversations into this kind of more esoteric work. Um, and I will be, I think, probably documenting some of my process of going to Taiwan and my road trip and and being in Austin uh, on Instagram. So yeah, if you're interested in seeing more about that, uh, I'll probably be posting. Well, thank you, Eva, just for your like very genuine spirit and openness and just really just like sharing your heart with us today. And I'm, I'm really excited to see like how this continues to evolve. And I got a lot out of our time together today. Thank you so so much. This was so much fun for me. Thank you. It's an honor. Okay, my friend, I hope that felt delicious to listen to. If you're interested in aligning your life and work more closely with the seasonal cycles and you have a little bit of extra energy to bring that in, I just want to invite you to sign up for my weekly email newsletter. You can do that at the link in the show notes or at awildnewwork.com. I'm always tracking where we are in the cycle of the seasons and what I think the natural world is speaking to us with regard to capitalism and work and the body and spirit and if that feels like it could be nurturing for you I'd love to have you as part of that community thank you thank you for being here and sharing this space with me take such good care and I'll see you on the other side